in the footsteps of Jesus from down under. This is Nick Rita, your host. I'm very happy to be with you again and please stay with us because you are going to hear an amazing story. My guest today is Jana Tyler. Jana, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. We were talking about this for a while and uh, this is today when you <laughs> are here and uh, we are very happy to uh, have you and to enjoy your walk with Jesus. Thank you so because much. I heard about of your story and I'm looking forward to, to hear it a little bit more <laughs> um, developing. Sure. Uh, Jana, you're not born uh, in Adelaide. You are here in Adelaide, but where you born? Um, so I was born in Queensland, uh, Brisbane, actually, and I grew up on the Sunshine Coast, a lovely part of the world. But about three to four years ago, I actually moved down here for university. Oh, right. And you finish uh, studying here or you're still studying? Yeah, so I completed my Bachelor of Business last year. I'm very glad to have that under my belt and uh, over and done with the study for now. Um, who knows, I might go back one day, but for now I'm taking a break. <laughs> All right. Now, I know that you took something else on board. You are involved in ministry. Yes, I am. So, um, long story about how I get I got there, but I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but I'm the youth pastor at Paravista Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide. Um, and I took that role on at the beginning of this year. So I'm really enjoying being able to work with the Lord, for the Lord, um, and reaching out to other people who are going through similar struggles that I went through um, and really connecting with the youth. Um, I'm quite young myself, and so it's really great to hang out, have a good time, and spend some time with God as well. That's great. Now, just before we are going to hear uh, that story, I would like you to share with us a little bit of your background, if you don't mind. Sure. So my background is part of my story, uh, really. It sort of all twists together. But, yeah, so I grew up on the Sunshine Coast, My parents weren't born in Australia, but they met in Australia. Uh, I met God at a very early age. He's always been a part of my life. Um, I was homeschooled, uh, which a lot of people are quite shocked at. It's um, not a very common experience, uh, but I was homeschooled up until year nine was when I first went to high school. And that, I think, shaped a lot of who I am today, um, and it shaped a bit of my walk with God as well. Um, I, from a very young age, loved God. I remember some of my earliest rem memories um, being where God worked in my life. I remember one specific instance where um, I had swimming lessons that day and uh, it was stormy and it was raining and there was lightning. And, of course, everyone knows you can't go swimming when there's lightning. Um, and so I was really upset because I looked forward to swimming every week. It was one of those things where we actually got out of the house and did something. And my mum said to me, well, why don't you pray about it, Yana? And I thought, all right, um, I don't know whether you'll hear me, but dear Jesus, please bring the sunshine out. And it was a very simple prayer. Uh, most children's prayers are, and that's what makes them so beautiful. But I um, I prayed that prayer, and about 15 minutes later, the sun peeked through the clouds. Um, wow. It was, yeah, it was incredible. And, and it was little moments like that which really strengthened my faith at an early age um, and really made me believe that God was real, that he heard me, and that he was someone that I could talk to Um And from that, it, my relationship with God really grew. I lived in a very conservative household, though, um, and that was tough. I wasn't allowed to go to the movies, and I um, 
was only allowed to wear skirts when I was younger and had to cover up and um, wasn't allowed to sleep over at my friends' houses unless my parents had met them and they had the same values and weren't allowed to do anything on Saturdays. And it was it was a very constrictive childhood. Looking back on it, um, I can be thankful for it and I can understand why my parents did it. But at the time, it was very hard for me, um, especially when I had friends who didn't attend church, uh, to understand why I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do. And so that was quite difficult, but I did have a lot of friends at church who lived a similar life to me, and that was great. Um, I remember when I was about eight years old, I told my mum that I wanted to get baptised and I really wanted to make Jesus mine um, as such. And so I did some correspondence Bible studies um, they were called, I think, New Beginners. Hmm. And I used to fill those out and send them back. Um, and then I moved on to the teen ones because I finished all the junior ones. And once that was done, mum said, well, why don't we talk to your the church pastor? Um, and so we spoke to the church pastor and he said, great, uh, but is there any of your friends who'd like to do Bible studies as well? And so I actually organised all of my friends to get together during a Sabbath school, which is like Sunday school, a time period at church when we could do Bible studies to get baptized. I was so keen that I rounded up all my friends. I organized it all by myself. Um, I think I was only about 11 at the at the time. Um, I was so keen uh, to make that, that next step in my walk with God. We did those for a couple of weeks and then the pastor actually left our church and the new pastor never picked up those studies again and it sort of got forgotten about. Wow. Um, which was really tough for me. Again, we had a evangelist come to the, and do a revival series. He studied prophecy, Daniel and Revelation. I was there every single week. I got my free Bible because I'd attended every meeting um, and I had all of my little notes in there. Um, and afterwards they asked who would like to follow on with the studies and, and continue those to be with the aim to be baptised. Um, and I was one of the first people to put my name up, a name down, sorry, put my hand up and um and I started to do those and I finished the whole series. And again, no one followed up on it. Um, and so I was about 12 years old now and I'd been let down so many times by leaders in my church who had forgotten about me or things had just happened busy or my name had gotten lost and no one really made that connection. And I started to lose interest. Um, and being homeschooled, a lot of my friends were quite older than me. Um, they started not attending church so much, being interested in other things. Um, and that sort of started to lead me down the garden path as such. My parents split when I was 14. Um, I blamed myself a lot for that. I had a massive falling out with my mum at the time. Um, as most teenage girls do, they argue with their parents. Mm. Um, and I argued quite strongly with my mum to the point where I ran away from home um, and I was gone for about a week. Uh, my parents knew where I was, uh, but they didn't make any um, – they really didn't stop me or try to get me back, which I appreciated, mm -hmm. uh, but it also f made me feel unloved at the same time deep down. Um, and so it was quite difficult for me going through that, struggling with my mum, arguing with my mum, and also having my parents split. And they split when I was in, in year, at the end of year nine and the beginning of year 10. Um, and my dad, he'd stopped attending church when I was about five years old. Um, and due to the issues with my mum, I decided to leave with him. Um, and so I had no more Christian influence in my life because that was mainly coming from my mum. And so I stopped attending church. I thought, yay, this is my chance. I can now do what I want, mm. make the decisions I want, do all those things that I wasn't allowed to do before, like 
go to the movies or go shopping on Saturdays or listen to the music that I wanted to listen to. And yeah, it was a very freeing experience, but also I made a lot of rash decisions um, in order to get back at my parents for not allowing me to do things for so long. It was during this time uh, that my older friends had hit 18, they'd been drinking, and I remember her very clearly having my first drink at the age of 14. Uh, I was quite young um, because I wanted to be like my friends and hang out with them, and I don't remember that that night. And looking back on that, I'm really sad now Mm. that I made that decision so young. Um, I gave away a lot of my childhood by hanging out with older friends but also trying to keep up with them and do the things that they were doing. Um, when I was 16, thought I fell in love for the first time um, and I'd started to look to men in order to fulfill the father figure role in my life. My dad was absent even though I was living with him. He was emotionally um, absent and I wasn't able to talk to him. He wasn't the father figure that I needed him to be. And without my mother, um, you know, they say daddy issues. Um, it's a real thing. Mm. And when you don't have that role in your life and when Jesus doesn't feel that role in your life, you become quite lost. And so I turned to males for attention. Um, for sexual attention, uh, in order to feel beautiful, to feel loved or um, to get some kind of acknowledgement. Mm. I was searching for that so strongly um, and I didn't realise where I needed to be looking for it. And so I looked in all the wrong places. I got um, quite heavily involved in, in drinking and um, and was quite promiscuous in my teen years um, and I really struggled Um, in order to feel valued. Um, And when I was finishing high school, I started to reconcile with my mum when I was halfway through year 12. Uh, We finally reconciled things, brought everything back together, but at the same time I had a massive falling out with my dad. And so while I regained one parent, I lost Mm. the other. Um, I moved back in with my mum and I lived with her for the time being. And very clearly I'd noticed a change in her she accepted me for who I was and I very clearly remember telling my mum some of the decisions that I'd made, which I thought she'd look down on, which I thought she'd lecture me on and she didn't do any of those things and she really showed me the grace of God in those moments and that very clearly stuck out to me because I thought she was the, would be the first person to judge me and mm. she didn't and that was such a beautiful example to me of what Jesus does for us. So that was the first experience that I had with God again um, and I was about 17 um, and I went away with her to a revival meeting. And at the end of that, I said, Mum, I think maybe I want Jesus back in my life. She goes, Yana, that's great. And we left it at that. There was no more conversation about it. And around this time, I started having very intense nightmares. Um, and in my nightmare, I would see Jesus coming back. I would see his second coming. And I would be standing there and I would be thinking to myself, Yana, you knew he was real, but you didn't choose him. And every single time I would get left behind and I would see Jesus take my mum and other people that I loved to heaven and I wouldn't be there with them. And that was such a devastating experience for me. And I would wake up crying and screaming and every single night, it was around this time, I thought, mum, and I said to my mum that I really need Jesus maybe back in my life. Um, And this went on for maybe a month. And I said to mum, I said, I need you to pray for me. And we got down on our knees and right then and there, I said, Jesus, I want you to be my saviour and I want to be saved by you. Um, And I said the sinner's prayer, as some people call it, uh, where I really asked Jesus to take control of my life. That was a turning point for me. But at the same time, 
I moved down to Adelaide um, and moving away from my mother's influence, moving down to a uni experience. I was in my first year of college. I just turned 18. Um, I could now legally drink and go out and party. And I thought that was fantastic. And I went wild. Um, I did everything I could possibly do. I was known at my university as a bit of a party girl. And I I used that reputation in order to fulfill that need for attention, that need for belonging, um, which I had previously started to look to Jesus for, but I was now getting from other people. And so I, I completely ignored Jesus in my life. I said, I'm not going to church. Forget about him. I don't need him. And that was that. And about a year later, I went home to visit my mum and my best friend said to me, Yana, let's catch up. Um, And she was still attending church. And I said, oh, all right. She says, come down and stay with me for the week. And I said, awesome. So I went down on a Friday evening. Now, on a Friday evening, her youth used to get, the youth at her church used to get together for a Friday night um, youth group. And she said, Yana, as soon as she picked me up from the train station, she said, we're going to small group. And I thought, oh, drag. I really just want to hang out with my best friend. I really don't want to see any church people. I don't want anything to do with them. And she said, well, we're having dinner and you can suck it up. So I thought, all right then. Mm. (laughs) Um, And she took me there. And this young girl told her testimony, her story about how her parents had split and how she'd reached out to Jesus. And it really hit me hard because I hadn't when the same thing had happened to me. And that story really related to me. And I broke down in tears. And I thought, wow, that could have been me. What happened that that wasn't me? And my best friend, she prayed with me that night and she said, you know, Jesus loves you um, and you know that. And that really stuck with me. And then the next morning we went to church um, and we went to Sabbath school. And I was okay with that. I was expecting to go to church on Saturday. That's what what she did and I knew that. Um, And we went to Sabbath school and a young man there in the talk time was sharing um, some scripture from Matthew. Um, And he was sharing, there's a verse in the Bible which talks about um, not storing your treasures on earth, but storing them in heaven. But he said, you can't take things from this earth and store them from heaven. In heaven, you can only take the people that you love, your family and friends. And I thought, wow, if I look around me right now, I don't have one friend that I could take with me to heaven, except for this girl who's sitting by my side. And that was a very sobering thought for me to realize that the people I cared about most, that even if I made it to heaven, none of them would be there. And I thought, maybe I need to make a change. Um, So that was Sabbath school. And then we went into church and um, the preacher was talking about the story of Pharaoh in Egypt. He was talking about Moses and he was talking about the fact that Pharaoh always hardened his heart. And every single time Moses told Pharaoh that God would send another plague, Pharaoh would say, no, I'm not letting the Israelites go. And I thought to myself, that's me. God keeps knocking on my heart and I keep saying yes and then changing my mind five seconds later and saying, no, I don't want anything to do with you. And that really spoke clearly that this was who I had become. And so I thought, oh man, I really need to change my ways. And then that afternoon, we went to a baptism. So this all happened in a 24-hour period. It was one thing after another. Um, And we went to this baptism, and it was a young single mother. And she'd been through everything imaginable. Um, She'd been heavily into drugs. Uh, She'd been promiscuous. She'd gotten pregnant. Her fiancé had committed suicide on the day before their wedding. 
Hmm. And she just had such a heartbreaking story. And I was crying as she was telling her story. And she said, but Jesus saved me from it. And a lot of my excuses in the past had been the fact that I didn't think God could help me change. And I saw how he'd worked in her life and I thought, well, maybe it's achievable. Maybe I can do this with his help. And so they did an altar call and appeal um, and they asked anyone to stand up who'd like to make that decision for Christ. And I stood up right there and then. Um, It was just, yeah, one thing after another, God was really calling out to me. And I thought that in that moment, I had to make a decision. And I did. And my best friend said, you're not getting away with this. We're going to write a list. You're going to call me every week and make sure that you're accountable to your list. We're going to start changing things in your life. And and that was that. Um, I started, I did the turnaround right there and then. And um, it was hard coming back to uni with all of my friends who didn't know that I was a Christian beforehand. Um, And if they did, they thought it was in the past and they all thought I was crazy. They were quite angry with me. They used to argue with me all the time, tell me uh, that I was making a bad decision, that I was throwing away my life, um, that such an intelligent person couldn't believe in something so stupid. Um, And they really tore me apart and that was very difficult for me, especially being in Adelaide where I didn't have any family. But I reconnected with the youth pastor at the time at Paravista Church my friend from home had put me in contact with her and said, she'll help you out. And so her name was Annie. And I spoke to Annie and Annie said um, that we could do Bible studies together. And so we started doing Bible studies in order for me to get baptized because that's what I really wanted. Um, And she supported me the whole time and a few other girls here in Adelaide as well. Um, I used to unload on them every week and we called it story time with Yana. Um, And I'd always have some experience where the devil had really tried to destroy my walk with God every single week. And they just reaffirmed me and reminded me how good God is. um, And that really carried me through. I lost friendships, uh, which have healed now, thankfully. But it was very difficult for a six-month period there of my life where I was making that change. I really struggled to give up alcohol, uh, to give up smoking, because I had started smoking, to change my relationships with men. And a lot of that is still the journey that I'm on. There are still things which I still struggle with every day um, because of that. You live your life for so long in a certain way, um, it's hard to change. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you still make mistakes. Um, Little mistakes, they get littler and littler, thankfully, in God's grace. But it's a hard journey. And I wouldn't be able to do it without knowing that Jesus Mm -hmm. is my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowing that I can always talk to him, that even when I do make those mistakes, he will forgive me. And there's nothing that his love can't cover. And that's just been so key in my journey uh, because I thought that I was unsavable. And yet he showed me that he died for people like me who think they're unsavable, who um, think they've gone too far to come back. He died for us. He died for everyone. But, yeah, that was just really stood out to me and that was such a beautiful thought. And so um, that was only about... A year and a half ago now. Whoa. Uh, so everything has happened not not so long ago, but seems like a lifetime ago. A lot has changed since then. Uh, when I got baptised, I didn't think that a year and a bit later I would um, be the pastor at my church, um, be a youth pastor at my church. But here I am. I decided to take six months off uni. I dropped out of uni, actually, when I was in my second after my second year in order to follow God's calling to a program called Arise, which is in northern New South Wales. Um, And I really wanted to ground my faith um, by studying. 
And that program helps you to discover your relationship with God, helps you discover who God is. And it's a little bit of a Bible working program, gives you the tools in order to share your faith with others as well. Um, And so I did that. It's a three and a half month program. And I did that at the beginning of last year. And it was exactly what I needed. I'm sure I could happily do it again. Um, But it was exactly what I needed at the time and really helped me grow in my relationship with God and really make me firm in what I now believed. I prayed a lot about what God wanted me to do next from them. Obviously, I just studied ministry. I felt very strongly that God had ministry in his plan plan for my life. Um, But I felt him calling me to come back to Adelaide and complete my studies, which I did and completed those last year, um, as I said earlier. And it was around that time that I was really, as I was finishing my studies, really praying and asking what God wanted for me next. Because I'd been on this roller coaster journey and he'd brought me through. Um, I knew that he wanted me involved in ministry in some way. I didn't know how. And I also knew that I'd just finished my degree and there were so many opportunities for me to explore with that as well. Um, And so I was really struggling praying, applying for jobs, and I kept getting rejected one after the other. Um, And the pastor at our church, Pastor Stephen Buse, he actually contacted me and said, Yana, how would you like to preach for me? And I said, oh, I don't know about that. And he said, well, you're trained. You did it when you were at that program up in up in uh, northern New South Wales, you did it at a rise, you you could do it here. And I said, oh, all right, you've twisted my arm. And um, and so I got up and I preached. And two days later, he said to me, he gave me a phone call and he said, how would you feel about being the youth pastor at our church? And I thought, wow, that's a pretty big deal. Um, I'll have to pray about it. And I did. I really realized that every decision I make in life, I must pray about it first and hand it over mm. to God because... Um, in my own weakness, I've made many bad decisions. Um, but with God's guidance, I have made some really positive decisions for my life. And I'm in such a better place emotionally, physically. And I'm so much more of a positive person now that I have God in my life and that I'm constantly turning to him for direction. Um, and so I prayed about it and I felt God calling me to that to that calling. And I thought, well, this is why I haven't gotten, got a job yet. This must be it. And so I accepted that role. Um, and I started at the beginning of this year in that role. And I think I'm very thankful that I had the experience that I had, even though I wouldn't want anyone else to go through it, because I can relate to people who have been through similar things. Um, all of the youth in my church, I can relate with what they're struggling with um, when it comes to sex, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to drugs, when it comes to partying, because I struggled with all of those things and I gave in to those temptations as Mm. such. Um, And I know how hard it can be. Um, I couldn't do it. But with Jesus' help, they can resist um, and they can live the life that I wasn't able to um, because I was trying to do it on my own. Um, And so I really feel that I've got something special to share with them. Um, God's given me this gift and this opportunity to share with young people. And so I'm so thankful that I can work with young people in ministry um, and with God's guidance. It's just been such a blessing to me in my walk with God. And it's really grown me as a person. So I'm so thankful that he's brought me through to where I am now. But I couldn't have done it without his help. There were so many times when I tried to take control. I remember just before my baptism, I tried to take control of the reins. I thought I was fine um, and I messed up. And a few things happened. I actually decided to go out drinking with my friends and I drank way too much 
Um, I don't remember coming home. I blacked out and I passed out on the floor of my my bathroom at home and I was staying with my mum at the time and my mum, who's this godly Christian woman, she's so thankful that I'd made a decision for God. She found me on the bathroom floor at 2 o'clock in the morning and she thought I was dead. Hmm. Um, she couldn't see me breathing. My eyes were rolled back in my skull. She couldn't. I wasn't blinking. Um, and she thought she'd lost me and she, or she thought that I that something terrible had happened to me because um, I was in a state of disarray and she picked me up and my only memories from that evening are her saying, please, Jesus, cover her with your blood and save her. Um, and that's my only memory and it's hard for me to know that I put my mum through that and she prayed for me that night, she took care of me and the next morning when I woke up I felt the most guilt I've ever felt in my life. But I know that Jesus forgave me for that. My mum forgave me for that. And I know that whenever I make mistakes, he will continue to forgive me and my mum will continue to forgive me. But yeah, it hasn't been an easy journey. And the devil has tried every time to take control. And every time when I start trusting in myself, something happens. Not as dramatic as that all the time, but something happens and reminds me that I can't do anything without Jesus in control of my life. Yeah, I'm helpless. And yeah, it's it's been a hard journey to come to that decision, but that's where I've come to today. Yana, I didn't want to stop you at all. <laughs> and you answered a lots of questions which I was thinking to ask, but I would love to have you back uh, to develop a little bit more on quite few concepts which you've been through, you know, mm. with homeschooling, with... Uh, lots of things going in your life, uh, good yeah. and bad, um, and being able now to nurture, to be in a position to guide some other young people mm. not to repeat the same mistakes yeah. which you've been through. Our time is up, and <laughs> I haven't got uh, time now to to go much longer. Actually, I would like to play that little song which we chose. It's about Thank you. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that you are in a position to thank God Amen. for what has he has done in your life. Yeah. Very happy to have you with us, uh, Yana. And I pray thank to God so that he will lead you, that he will guide you and empower you to be a young, determined lady to win other people for God. Me too. Thank you so much. Praise God. This is in the footsteps of Jesus. And please stay with us for the song. Thank you. But until next time, don't forget, keep walking in mm. the footsteps of Jesus. Yana, thank you very much for being with us. Thank you so much, Nick. God bless you. God bless you.
Understanding. 